Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalised pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome to another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, did did Christmas treat you well? And, and maybe more importantly, did Fantasy Championship Week treat you well? Christmas treated me great. As we were talking about off the air, the kids had a tremendous Christmas, so everyone else in turn did as well. A lot of football for me, obviously, over those days too, though. So can't complain about that either, but I was in front of the TV at Christmas dinner and that kind of stuff. Fantasy Championship Week, there was two of my seven leagues where I was in it. One of them, I won the points title, which was our redraft league, and that's where you get the most cash. So that was ha- I was happy about that, but I didn't make the, the Super Bowl in that one. And then the other one was with you in Hyperactive 4, where my undefeated season ended triumphantly, and I am the Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, that was How about nice. That? I, uh, that's one thing I don't, I don't think I've ever had one of those, a a fully undefeated season championship and all, but you did it in hyperactive four. We've mentioned it the past few episodes on here, uh, hoping you could hang on. I think what you lost Wentz, you lost Zeke for a while. I lost Zeke for a while. I lost Wentz. I was starting the Joku at tight end. The, the combination girly helped. Let's just say that. (laughs) I, I can't imagine the percentage of, of championship teams that he he was a part of but it it had to be a large one the, he did set the the record i saw this on twitter i think it was our buddy adam harstad who put this out there that he set the record over those weeks 14 through 16 for fantasy points scored and i i looked it up kind of after seeing that he averaged in those three weeks 41 fantasy points in PPR leagues. So average. just just unreal that the tear he's been on. And I'm sure we'll uh, talk more about him as we get into today's show. We do have with us Jeff Miller, one of my buddies, one of my co-workers over at DLF, former DLF podcast host. Jeff, how's it going? It's going super great. Fantastic. And And what about your week 16? How did that go for you? Uh, well, it was really bad because Matt won Hyperactive 4. That pretty much wrecked everything else that, that had happened for me. And he trounced me in the uh, semifinals on the way to doing it, breaking my heart. I actually, uh, after that loss, I, I pretty much considered quit playing fantasy. So, <laughs> Right, just, if you uh, lose to Matt, it, it's over, right? Right. Just to give you an idea how much that loss meant to me, Matt. So I hope the title really meant a lot to you because it pretty much wrecked my entire month. That makes it even sweeter. I I like it. I took all my kids' Christmas presents back in just a fit of rage. It was a terrible experience. uh, (laughs) Look, your team was ridiculous this year in HA4. Uh, And it should be mentioned that, what was it, four years ago, we were in the dispersal together, you, me, and and Ghost? Yeah. In the four years since, uh, two of the four titles have gone to me and you. So we're obviously doing something right. Yeah, we we took over some bad teams, too. (laughs) My first pick in the last three years has been... Girly Zeke Fournette. That's been a nice that, little, that a nice helps. little group to lean on. Yeah, that helps. I keep trading my first round picks because I'm an idiot. Uh, as far as my season, uh, I won one title in uh, in Dynasty this year. Um, I made the playoffs in most of my leagues and just completely crapped the bed. But I did win one title um, for the second time in three years in that league. And uh, let's see, I got second in one of Scott's King of the Hill leagues, which was kind of a nice little surprise. And uh, honestly, more importantly. One of, uh, or two rather, of my consultants, consultancies, consultant persons, people that I consulted for, for the draft day consultants, won uh, redraft titles this week, which is a really gratifying feeling. We can help somebody that way. So not not a bad season overall. I ended up in the black, barely, but I ended up in the black this year. So I'll take it. Yeah, that's that sounds great. I had one of those as well. One of those um, 
folks I worked with through draft day consultants that won a title. I, I really tried to botch that up. It was his, his, <laughs> his league was, I don't, I don't know if, if he listens to this show, but his league is through ESPN and I just don't do any leagues through ESPN. I tend to have forgotten about it. It would be like Friday morning and I would go check the lineup and, and had a Thursday night guy in there or something like that. So this week playing in the title game that happened. And oh, of no. course the, the weird schedule with the, the holiday and everything. So I go to check and the games that already started, I was starting Devonte Adams in the championship game for this person and, uh, and somehow still pulled it out. Uh, thanks to Kareem Hunt and, and Melvin Gordon and some other guys who had a big game. Didn't even have Gurley, but won the championship for him uh, and, and was glad to do that since I since I started Devontae Adams, who did not play. Uh, in my own leagues, I think I talked about this last week, Matt. Uh, 17 leagues, I made, made the playoffs in 16. I made the finals in eight, and I won five of those. So that's... That's pretty strong. I that's a pretty good season, man. Yeah, I don't really keep track of it from year to year maybe i should do a better job with that playing in so many leagues and having at least a a decent amount of money tied up to that but i would say this feels like my my best year ever and so that that's always a good thing let me throw this on you real quick i forgot to mention this i had uh, one league where i won by 0.2 points two tenths of a point in the uh, toilet bowl to get the 113 and i have another league that i got third which was in the money fourth was not where i also won by uh, two tenths of a point. So, I, <laughs> yeah, you're you're just running good. I don't I don't know. I had if one I, of those weeks. I don't know if I talked about this, but I had one of those weeks. The first week of the playoffs, uh, you talked about about Ghost. Well, we're in a, a different hyperactive league together. I played him in week one of the playoffs, so that was week fourteen. Juju Smith-Schuster got a late catch that put me over the top and I won that game. I submit my lineup thinking I'm going to be facing off against Mike Clay in the second round. And I I go to check it on Thursday and it's Ghost playing in that game, not me. Oh no. So I had to figure out what happened. And as you might guess, there was a stat correction. (laughs) Uh, I had, I had uh, lost some points or Ghost had gained some points. I'm not even sure, but that, that was a hard way to lose, especially since I didn't realize it for a couple of days. I lost the points title by less than a point where we scored over 2,200. Wow. Uh, And that, so I, I, you know, I kind of deserved having these back. I'm going to take them (laughs) and uh, I'm going to put them in my pocket and I'm going to act like I deserved them. That's right. That's right. All you can do. (laughs) And one of those was over ghost, by the way. (laughs) I I, want to mention that I did beat ghost by two tenths for a hundred bucks. Nice. Sorry, Matt. I won't cut you off again. No, it's all good. But <laughs> I mentioned this redraft league. I'm in. I'm in one redraft league, and it's obviously not very serious. It's a lot of my high school buds. We party together. It's a reason to get together. A couple years ago, I lost the Super Bowl. We tied in points, and then like the third tiebreaker, all the way down, I end up losing the Super Bowl. Oh. I mean, it's like yardage or something stupid. Oh. <laughs> and you get nothing for second place in the Super Bowl in that league. That, that's a league I just won total points. That's really the big money. Mm. This year. Clearly the worst owner in our league. Like, doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. Last year, he drafted Aaron Rodgers in the first round, then Ben Roethlisberger in the second. I mean, he's that type of guy. He won the Super Bowl this year with a terrible team, barely got in the playoffs, and just fell against a handful of us that had the worst weeks ever. Like, he played me. I was favored by, like, 50 points. And A.B. got hurt. And, like, two other things awful happened. And And he had Todd Gurley. No, he didn't even have Gurley. Oh, His okay. team's horrible. And in the in in the Super Bowl, he's such a bad owner. He started James White and Devontae Adams, both Ugh. of who are inactive. And he won the Super Bowl. It makes me never want to play fantasy again. Listen, starting Devontae Adams is not such a bad thing. When he's inactive, it is. <laughs> hey, I started Alshon Jeffrey and he was active and it worked out the exact same. So All right. Well, we don't we don't talk about our teams a ton on here but at the end of the season that's that's part of part of what you have to do as a fantasy player look back a little bit on your own teams but for the rest of the show we're going to be looking ahead uh, the three of us are going to take part in a three round startup mock draft we actually did this Matt just a few weeks ago with Russell Clay uh, the difference today number one is the, the season's for all intents and purposes over from a fantasy perspective. So we've got a little bit more information. And then also this time we're going to include the 2018 rookies. Um, We don't know 
100% who's going to be making up that class. Some of those underclassmen still have decisions to make, but we're going to we're going to treat them like they're all declaring and, and going to be a part of this 2018 class. So if if we deem any of those rookies worthy of a top three round pick, we might uh, we might see them in this mock. Uh, Matt, the other difference is normally when we do these types of of mock drafts, we actually do them beforehand. We share some emails or do a Google Doc or something, and then we get a chance to discuss. We haven't done that this time. We're kind of going by the seat of our pants a little bit, doing this live, and uh, some of these picks might might throw us off, might surprise us. We'll see what happens. So for our mock draft, again, we're going to do three rounds. Rookies will be included. We're going to assume a starting lineup of one quarterback, two running backs, three wide receivers, a tight end, and two flex spots. And as we always do, we will let our guest get started. So, Jeff, you're on the clock with the 1.01 pick. Kobe Fleener. You're right. It's got to be. Sorry. Maybe this creates waves. I don't know. I'm not sure everybody is on this whole front yet. But uh, DeAndre Hopkins is my overall 101 right now. I kind of made that adjustment in the last couple of weeks here. And uh, I generally feel good about it. So we're going to go with Hopkins. I got no problem with that at all. I mean, Watson coming back, what Hopkins does every week. I mean, he's a total superstar. I'm taking David Johnson, and I was torn between him and another running back, but I'm, I want all these running backs. I think that's my goal today. I want every one, every one of these good running backs. Well, I don't know if you'll get them all, but um, <laughs> to going back to the Hopkins pick really quickly, I, I do think this offseason is going to be fun because for the past – Basically, for the past two years, the 1.01 has been a lock. It's been Odell Beckham. He's been the first player in our DLF Dynasty ADP for nearly two years running. And I think he's he's still a strong option at that 1.01 spot. But just this year, just to have some competition, maybe it's Hopkins, maybe it's one of the running backs, maybe it's Gurley that we've already mentioned. I think that's just going to to really spice drafts up and and make those a little more interesting. But at the 1.03 spot, I will I will stick with Beckham. I do think he's he, like I said, still a contender for that spot, even with the injury, even with the quarterback questions. I, I do agree with you, Jeff, that Hopkins would be my guy at 1.01. But at 1.3, I'll take OBJ. I mean, Hopkins has scored pretty close to the top guys. He's been above 20 points per game two of the last three years. And we know what happened last year, the Osweiler effect. For me, Watson is the real tiebreaker there. But people that are worried about OBJ in any way, I don't think there's any real reason to be. I don't think the injury is a long-term deal. He'll be fine without Eli, just like Hopkins was fine without without Watson, excluding last year. So I'm going to interrupt you really quickly before you make your pick. Uh, the other thing I did not mention to start the draft is, um, we. so we are treating these like, four separate teams. So Jeff's Hopkins pick at the 1.01, he'll have the 2.12 and the 3.01 to go with that. Maybe that has an impact on on his decision, maybe not, but basically we're we're going to treat this like we're managing four separate rosters as we go through this draft. And Jeff, 1.04, you're on the clock. Yeah, I'm going to stick with Brown here. Uh it's it's the it is the easy pick in the situation. I think it's the low risk pick. I know he's 29, but uh Elite receivers have proven that they can play deep into their 30s. Look at at uh, Larry Fitzgerald with a menagerie of quarterbacks. Is still a wide receiver one this year. Uh, I hate to to drop the Jerry Rice, the all time goat, but Antonio Brown is has got to be somewhere in that category. And and Rice was productive almost into his 40s. So uh, I don't mind taking Brown at 29 in the top five. I think he's still going to be an elite wide receiver one for at least three to four more years. I can't argue that at all. I mean, the only thing I think it could possibly slow him down is if Ben retires and the offense goes in the crapper, but that could happen to anybody. I mean, the same, same thing's going through with Odell right now. So I think a good conversation to have, and, and we can get into it a little bit now, and, and it's it's really going to last throughout the offseason, is simply going to be wide receiver versus running back. But when you delve a little bit deeper, I think the really good discussion is the older wide receivers and older in in quotation marks but we're talking Antonio Brown and a couple of these other guys that we'll name here soon versus the running backs so one of one of the knocks on on the backs over the past few years is just their short shelf life but if you think about David Johnson if you think about Gurley and and all these rookies and everybody else 
we can maybe expect them to be relevant for a similar amount of time, maybe as, as we would from, from Brown and Julio and AJ Green. That conversation, I, I think, is a lot more interesting maybe than comparing running backs to Beckham or Hopkins or even Evans, if you still want to put him in that group. Jeff, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. The way I'm treating the the high-end running backs, this for me, to me is more of a discussion about these guys at the very top, the Gurleys and the Bells and the Johnsons, uh, compared to the elite wide receivers, because they all score kind of in a similar manner, you know, in that 20-point-per-game area uh, in PPR leagues. So, yeah, I, I look at Brown comparable to a guy like Todd Gurley. You know, if we can get three to four years out of either one, that seems to be about right. Maybe we get into bonus territory. Maybe Gurley is productive into his late 20s. Um, as as a lot of the great running backs are, if they can avoid injury and all that. But the tiebreaker for me at this point is still is still that that safety factor of the health of a wide receiver versus running back. Like that's the tiebreaker at this at this this stage of the draft. So when we're talking about the top half of the first round or the top eight picks, maybe um, I'm still going to put wide receiver over running back, which means I'm probably not owning these elite guys in a startup draft. There is this shift happening, like you just kind of alluded to, where where there is this glut of quality running backs all of a sudden just being dropped in our lap. And that's only going to get more and more the case with this next draft class, at least in theory. So if you're still like straight wide receiver over running back guy, it's probably time to reevaluate a little bit. But at least at the top half of the first round, I'm I'm still pushing towards wide receivers when possible. Yeah, I've reevaluated a lot. I mean, I'm starting to really lean towards the running backs because there's so many good ones. They're all young. A lot of them are in great situations. And just playing fantasy this year, I mean, I mentioned it with Hyperactive 4. That was extreme. But plugging two or three of these top guys in your lineup every week sure makes up for a lot of problems. I mean, certainly so does Julio and other great players. But, man, I mean, I think it's a huge advantage in – Along those lines, I feel really fortunate to get Todd Gurley at 1-5 because I almost took him at 1-4 or 1-2. Yeah, I think Gurley, Gurley is a good pick at that range. I, I wouldn't honestly wouldn't have had any question or any argument with him at 1.01 even. Right. For me, when you're talking running back versus wide receiver, I think it comes down to this. The past years, the first round, the first two rounds have been dominated by wide receiver, and the real reason for that was your top tier of running backs was one to two to three players deep. That was it. And when you looked at at wide receiver, you were talking about at least seven or eight guys. So yeah, I'm I'm taking taking those top tiers of of running backs and receivers, throwing them all together. They're all first rounders, but there were just so many talent more talented receivers at that time. And now those tiers have been balanced. So I don't even think it's necessarily a case of you know, running back, running backs are trending up or wide receivers are trending down or anything like that. I think it's, it's as simple as saying there's more talented running backs right now. You can, you can make a case that the top tier of of dynasty running backs is eight to 10 players deep. And all of those guys have, have a case for being in the first round. So that's, that's the difference. There's just more talented guys right now. Um, I don't, I don't think we even need to necessarily shift our strategy or, or anything like that. We just need to recognize the depth of those tiers. I mean, we, when you, when you have the season that Gurley did, so he reasserts himself at the top of the running back class. And then you add a guy like McCaffrey and Fournette who both finished in the top 10, I believe in PPR scoring. Right. And you look at Dalvin cook who was well on his way to doing it before he got injured. Uh, and you just added those three guys out of the blue, and then maybe Mixon comes back around. It, we're adding Jordan Howard from last year. It's just it's crazy how all of a sudden there, Kareem Hunt, obviously I forgot about, uh, that are just all of a sudden right there. I mean, we doubled the size of running backs that you could consider in the top fifteen or eighteen in drafts. We basically doubled that in what six months. Right, that's yeah, crazy. Right. The explosion. And, and as you mentioned earlier, we can probably add to that with the 2018 class. So at the 1.06 spot, this is a tough one, but I'm going to stick with my guy, Mike Evans, has been viewed as, as a top, was viewed as a top three overall pick or maybe even higher uh, heading into the season. And uh, he's disappointed, but honestly, I think that has been a little overstated. He, he hasn't struggled like, you know, like Amari Cooper has or like some of these other guys have 
he, he's still been productive. He's put up quite a few wide receiver one weeks, startable wide receiver weeks. Uh, he's still young. He's 24 years old. He's in a, a good offense, even though they have struggled. And I do expect changes with that team. And I think with with change comes at least the hope for improvement. So I still think uh, Evans is is firmly a first round pick, and I don't have any problem with him at 1.06. Ryan, one yeah. note on that is I think Winston's played really well the last couple of weeks since returning from injury, which is highly encouraging for the Bucks overall. Yeah. They need they need a change somewhere in the way that offense is being run on the coaching level. I think really for for things to to come around, and we might be getting that this offseason. Evans was still third overall in December ADP, so there are a lot of people that have have slid on on Evans, but there are also a lot of believers. I'm I'm amongst them. I'm with you, Ryan. I think that's a great pick there. All right, we're at one point oh seven. We'll recap really quickly. It started with Hopkins. David Johnson, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Todd Gurley, Mike Evans. I would say no real surprises yet. You can put all those guys almost in in any order and uh, can't can't complain or argue with that too much. Jeff, 1.07, back to you. And again, this is treating this like a a new team you're starting. So this does not go with your previous picks. If I was going to make, if I was going to tear out a startup draft, I would have a break after 107. I think the top seven guys could all be in pretty much any order. Uh, the seventh guy for me is Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I know that there's still some people considered about potential injury or potential suspension or whatever, uh, but for me, he is is the best, maybe the best player in the NFL and probably the best running back in the NFL, with apologies to Gurley. Uh, he's so good and so productive, and I suspect he's going to be quarterback-proof and team-proof. Even if he goes somewhere with bad offensive line play, he'll just catch 80 balls. Uh, he's he's just He's a special kind of player. That uh, that that to me makes him part of this this tier. Before we start getting into maybe a little bit of a more mixed area where you can start talking about guys like Zeke and and Hunt along with with the wide receivers, which there's a clear break after these first these first four receivers for me as well. So uh, Bell's a really 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 easy pick for me in this spot. Jeff, talk about a little bit about Bell versus Zeke, and and I'm I'm really only interested in this because you you did mention a, a, a tier gap between uh, those two players. So what are your concerns with Zeke that not only has Bell ahead of him, but in a different tier? Uh, you know, this word knucklehead gets thrown around a lot. And I got really annoyed by the usage of that, especially as it related to Josh Gordon, because there's a difference between a knucklehead and an addict. The, it's an important distinction that I think needs to be made, but that's another podcast, I suppose. I think Zeke might be a bit of a knucklehead. Uh, the the pattern of behavior we've seen, none of the stuff like, okay, it's not ideal. If I found out my daughter was doing coke in college, I'd probably be a little bit disappointed in her, to say the least. But doing coke at a party in college isn't exactly the worst crime that somebody could commit, probably. But when you see the pattern of behavior with the coke in the co- the coke in the college, that sounds like a band name. <laughs> uh, the coke in college, the the maybe beat up his girlfriend, probably, I don't really know. The deciding to go into a weed store as a rookie, not illegal to go into a store that sells weed, probably not a great judgment call. It just, it, it, this guy feels like somebody who's going to find himself in more trouble as time goes on. And then having an owner that kind of enables that, uh, we've seen a history of that with Jerry Jones with the star players. I don't know. It just it just doesn't feel quite right with me. It's one of those things. I think he's as talented as the guys above him. I'm just trying. I'm just trying to stay away. Maybe that's me being too careful, which is the opposite of how I normally play. As you know, Ryan being in leagues with me, I like to throw caution under the wind. Just it just feels a little fuzzy to me. I'm fine with him in the back half of the first round. I just don't want him in the top half. Yeah, I've, I've made that same argument on here before talking about him. That's I, I think that's the real concern. And if you look at a guy like Gordon who has had his problems, they've been in in that one specific area. He he just um, whether he's an addict or not, we you know that's not for for us to say. But he had this one issue. He just could not stop smoking weed. And other players have had issues, whether it be with alcohol or violence or whatever. But with Zeke, it's it's a little bit of everything. Yeah, the things you mentioned and stuff with St. Patrick's Day uh, parade and multiple driving offenses, which on its own not a big deal at all. Uh, we've we've all had those, but 
when you mix it in with everything else, it's just another, it's another reason to be concerned. So yeah, I, I get it. The, the example I like to give is if you, if you like chewing tobacco, that doesn't make you a redneck. If you like NASCAR, that doesn't make you a redneck. If you live in a trailer home, that doesn't make you a redneck. But if you like to chew tobacco while watching NASCAR in your trailer home, you might be a redneck. It's kind of one of those things with Zeke where if it was one or the other, then okay, fine. It's kind of like Le'Veon Bell. Okay, he got caught with weed. But he didn't also cause trouble at a parade. He didn't also have multiple driving violations. He didn't also get caught doing coke in college. It's it's just it's so much stuff. And, and to me, the most disturbing of those is anything female related. You know, I mean, sure. that's the ones that's going to get you not only to me are the worst offenses for me personally, but um, are going to get you in the most trouble with suspensions in the league and whatnot, too. I think all those are great points. But I also thank you for letting me take Zeke at 108. (laughs) (laughs) And I will run to the podium and gladly take him with three Hall of Fame blockers paving the way for him. I would much rather have Zeke than Bell. I just think there's a lot more yardage in Zeke's future than Bell's. Yeah, I think that's that's probably fair. Um, Jeff, while I agree with all, all of your points, I think my top tier would probably be eight deep, Zeke being the eighth, and and here I am with the ninth pick. And <laughs> not exactly sure which direction to go. Lots of good choices. It gets fuzzy here. It really like it I was kind of looking at things. It gets pretty fuzzy at this spot. It does. It does for sure. I think um doesn't for me. Maybe I'm crazy, but we'll talk about that after mm-mm. in a while. I'm going to stick to the wide receiver uh, heavy plan. I'm going to take Michael Thomas, the Saints wide receiver. Objections. I, huh. He's probably at the top. He's he's He would be one of the, the probably two guys I would really consider there. So he's the I, best of the rest when it comes to the wide receivers, I think, at this point. Yeah, I, I did make the case. And as I was looking at doing a rankings update the other day for DLF, uh, and and I and and most of most of the rankers there had Julio Jones and AJ Green above Thomas, and I, I just kind of started thinking about that and really really questioning myself on that. He's four or five years younger than those guys. He's basically produced you know toe to toe with those guys over the past two years, which are also his first two years in the league. It's safe to say he's he's in a better offense than than either of those guys, especially with the Falcons kind of taking a step back this year. So I just don't really see very much of a case for having those two veterans, those two older players over Thomas. I guess the only thing I would say is I, you know, maybe he was going to be there with that one twelve pick uh, that, that would have been close, especially since I know Matt is only taking running backs. <laughs> I kind of play my hand a little bit. <laughs> All right. Two, but in- two quick questions for you, Ryan. Yeah. If this was a year ago, you would have taken Amari Cooper there for sure, right? If this was a year ago, yeah, I would I would have taken Cooper earlier even. Yeah, right, right. And yeah. did Keenan Allen cross your mind? He's remarkably young too. Yeah, not really. I mean, he I think Thomas and Allen and Cooks and and still I'm I'm sticking with Cooper. I think they're all kind of in that same tier as as young wide receivers to consider really from this point down to the mid second mm-hmm. um, some people are probably disagreeing with me on cooper maybe maybe giving up on him and that's you know that's okay but all of those guys again c- kind of a, a mixed bag here you could see a guy like thomas go 19 where i took him which is probably that's probably the ceiling for him or you could see him fall to 24 or 25 that's that's just what the drafts are going to be like this year I mean, I'm looking at your wide receiver rankings. I pulled them up here so I could kind of see where I was, Ryan. And you still have Cooper at wide receiver nine, which I don't think is, quote, giving up on Cooper. Uh, I have him at still. I have him at 12. I think maybe I'd move him to 11 if I could redo this right now. But there's nothing wrong with hedging a little bit on a guy who really struggled this year. I think people that are totally giving up and and digging his grave are are, uh, unrealistic about things. But I don't think you have to have him in your top five still to to be bullish on Cooper's upside for the future, you know? Sure, sure, that's fair. And and you also have to, whether you do your own rankings or whether you rely on someone else's, you have to recognize rankings and, and a draft are not the same thing. If, sure. If I have, maybe I still love Cooper, and, and really I do. I'm not going to take him at one nine if I can think if I think I can get him with that second round pick. So you kind of have to know your uh, know your competition, know what your draft is 
is going to look like as as best you can. All right, one point oh uh, one point ten, Jeff. Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is so not easy for me. There's a couple of guys I would really consider here, but I think I'm going to just default to wide receiver again, and I think this might surprise you guys. Uh, it's not somebody that Matt just mentioned. I love Keenan Allen. Uh, and he would be my second choice here, but I'm going to go with Devontae Adams, hmm. who's just been who's just been really, really, really good. Uh, Jordy Nelson has clearly taken a step back. Uh, Jordy is not a young man in any way anymore. Adams I wonder if he'll be a football guy. player next year. Yeah, he might not be. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> right, yeah. as, as injured as he's been over his career, maybe he just walks away. I mean, I, you know, if he's taking care of his money, you know, God willing and all that, maybe he just walks away. But regardless of whether Jordy's there or not, Devontae Adams is Aaron Rodgers' number one receiver. And he's I, – I know it didn't start real great, but he's become a really good, dynamic NFL player. Uh, and I think he's a clear first-round pick. He's my wide receiver six. He's right behind Thomas on the same tier. So he is a free Adams. agent, though, but I can't imagine he. There's no him. way. Yeah, there's no way they let him walk. They can't. They right. absolutely can't. They'd be. They would, they would cut Cobb and Nelson before letting him walk. The, yes, yeah, and Cobb right. is, is. I don't know exact his exact contract details, but I'm almost sure he's like super duper cuttable for Green Bay this offseason, if I recall correctly. I yeah, think. I think, I think they both are actually. Um, I don't. I don't think they would cut them both, just because that that would probably leave them too thin. But I've expected. Cobb to be cut for, I mean, before the season even started. The only thing I think that could possibly save him is simply how bad Jordy was. And Jordy, Jordy saves them more money by cutting him. So now I think it's a, uh, I think maybe it's a closer call between the two, but I, I think one of them is gone. And I think Adams is definitely not, even if they have to put that franchise tag on him. Um, and I, I mentioned that, that tweet I had comparing Thomas to Jones and green uh, Adams was the other player that I mentioned in that and, and moved him up as well, despite, uh, despite that concussion, Matt, 1.11. And I'm running to the podium. I'll take Alvin Kamara and I would have taken him probably two picks ago. If I would have been on the clock. Yeah. Ingram's around. Didn't matter this year. Ingram probably won't be around for more than one more season. Um, I know Breeze won't either, and maybe Peyton won't, but I think this is a phenomenal talent that's only going to get better as a receiver. I'll gladly take Kamara near the end of the first round. All right. this uh, So this leaves me at 112, and, of course, I have the 2.01 pick as well. We'll, we'll uh, snake, that, uh, snake that down. So I've got two picks here um, and, and some tough choices. I'm looking at these running backs. Uh, we've already talked about the depth of the running back class. So we've got, we've got guys like Fournette and Cook and Hunt, Freeman and McCaffrey, Gordon. I mean, it's, it's very, very deep. Some of those guys could go in the first round of, uh, of a startup draft, or they could fall even to the mid or late second. That's, that's how crazy it's going to be. And I'm just looking at all these players available and thinking, would I trade them for the 1.01 pick. And and I'm starting to think about Saquon Barkley. Obviously lots of unknown there. We don't even know if he's we don't even know officially if he's going to be part of the class though that's that's the uh the wide assumption. So I'm going to take Barkley with with my first pick. And then I think I'm going to take Brandon Cooks with my second pick. Re- really tough to go away from some of those running backs, but I would hesitate Building a building a team from scratch to take a pair of running backs, even with the uh, the changes that we've seen so far this year. So I'm going Barkley and Cooks, and that puts Matt on the clock. Uh, before I make the pick, I would like to tell everyone about our wonderful sponsor. And while it's fresh on my mind too, Ryan, I was torn between Kamara and Barkley there. I, I think, I mean, I, I'm not deep into my draft prep, but from what I've seen. I really don't have a problem saying I think he's the best running back prospect I've ever seen. The discussion has come up really for the past couple of months of, is he going to be a first rounder in dynasty startups? And um, I think many people are assuming, assuming that he is. And, and, and that's a big step to take because of the talent that we see left on the board at the, at this point in the late, uh, in the late first, early second. And also because, I mean, this is 
at least as far as I can remember, and I'm I'm including Zeke here, we haven't had a rookie to go in the first round. And, and of course, there, obviously there have been leagues where Zeke was and where probably Fournette and some of these other players were. But when you're looking at, at ADP, even Zeke did not crack the first round of, of Dynasty ADP. So just assuming Barkley will is, I still think, a, a big step to take. But he's he's in the conversation for sure. He's in that tier. Uh, and and landing spot and everything else, the combine and all, all those things will have an impact. Would you have taken him ahead of Kamara? No, no, I would. St- okay. I would still take Kamara I was there. Torn there. Yeah, I mean, he's like I said, he's he's in that group with uh, with Fournette and Hunt and and these other guys. But I, I do have Kamara over those, um, at least in my mind. I do. Maybe I need to take a look at my rankings soon. But um, yeah, I'm valuing Kamara over those guys and and Barkley right there as well. All, All right. right. I, I want to tell everyone about Harry's and I've mentioned this to you guys before. Uh, they make fantastic razor blades and in, in a different podcast that I did many years ago, they were sponsor of ours and they sent us all kinds of good stuff. And I used to be an electric guy. And I'm like, I'll give it a shot. It'll, my face will probably be a mess afterwards as always with a, with a straight blade, but it wasn't, these are really special and now I'm totally hooked and we're very happy to have them as a sponsor for dynasty blueprint. You know, we we also have a special offer for our listeners for this time of year, too, that Harry's is so confident that you're going to love their blades. They'll give you a trial shave set for free when you sign up at harrys.com slash dynasty. All you got to pay for is the shipping. It's just a couple bucks. So Harry's is all about what a great shave is at a fair price. That's why over three million guys, including myself, have switched to Harry's. Jeff and Andy are just two ordinary dudes that were fed up with buying overpriced razors. They started Harry's to fix shaving, and I think they have. They bought their own German factory with over 100 years of blade-making experience to ensure the highest quality. All products are backed by a 100% guarantee. Uh, Harry's offers their blades to half the price of the leading five-blade razor, selling directly to you over the internet. So this is what you do. Claim your your free trial offer today from Harry's. It's a $13 value for free when you sign up. All you do is cover shipping. Your free trial includes a weighted ergonomic razor handle, five precision engineer blades with lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel, a travel blade cover. Get your free trial set. Go to harrys.com slash dynasty right now. That's harrys.com slash dynasty. So I am back on the clock, correct, Ryan? You are on the clock, uh, 2.02, and I'm already regretting my Brandon Cooks pick, but that's all right. I, I would, too. I would regret that, too. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> He's my wide receiver, 12, so there's I a might, handful of guys I'd take over him. I might have been around early on him. Well, let you me uh, take it back? We'll let you take it back. No, no, no. I'm going right, to stick with it. it. This, is, this is what happens. Sometimes you click that button on MFL, and, and you <laughs> immediately have a pain in your stomach. Never um, done that. Never so, done that. First round, real quick recap. We had Hopkins, David Johnson, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Gurley, Evans, Bell, Zeke, Thomas, Adams, Kamara, and Barkley. So that was, what was it? One, two, three, four, uh, six. Six running backs, six wide receivers. Um, I think that's that's pretty fair to expect something like that going forward. Maybe even a 7-5 split in favor of the running backs. I wouldn't be surprised at that either. All right, rounds two and three, we're going to uh, buzz through these a little bit quicker. Matt, you're on the clock at 2.02. Yeah, this is the first pick that I was a little hesitant because a handful of guys I think are similar. I already have Kamara on this team. I'm going to take Fournette. His injuries worry me a little bit though, but I think he's got a lot of touchdowns in his future. Again, same thing we said. He's he's in that tier. He's going to go in the first round of a, a a bunch of drafts, but could fall to the second. And already, this is telling me if I have that first round pick, uh, especially a high one, I'm probably going to try to trade down and acquire some second and third round picks. Just looking at this talent that's left on the board, Jeff, two point oh three. There's only really two guys I'd consider here, and uh, I'm once again going to the wide receiver, albeit not the safest one necessarily. For me, it's Keaton Allen, who I've been consistently um, enamored with basically since his rookie season, uh, almost infamously enamored with. About 90% of my Twitter arguments have been about Keenan Allen over the last <laughs> three years. So uh, I got I to gotta get my guy here. 
All right. Well, I have um, mostly avoided the running back position, so I'm going to stop that. I'm taking Keenan. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm taking Kareem Hunt. Uh, that goes with my earlier Michael Thomas pick. So starting this team with Thomas and Kareem Hunt, and it's back to Matt. Yeah, and I was either going to take Hunt or Cook. You made my uh, decision very easy. I think this is the lowest Cooks. Uh, stock will be for the next five years. You know, I really think that you insert him in that offense with a better line, good receivers, quality quarterback play, good scheme. I think he's going to be a first round dynasty player for the next three, four, five years. And Curtis, Curtis Patrick pointed this out on Twitter over the past couple of days with a screenshot of Cook's dynasty ADP since his injury or r- really throughout his, his short career here. Since his injury, his ADP has actually increased. He's gained value wow. according to DLF ADP since the injury. And I think part of that is kind of riding the coattails of uh, Hunt and Fournette and all these other rookie running backs who have, have played so well. Part of it is probably riding the coattails of Latavius Murray and, and Jarek McKinnon, who have both performed well in his stead. But altogether, he, he has not lost value. In fact, he's gained value since the ACL injury and uh, again, a, a good target, especially early in that second round, that second round range. For me, just seeing that the Vikings offense is actually good yeah. is right. what helps him the most. Like the offensive line went from terrible to, to very good, which once again, reaffirms something that we hear every off season, which is predicting offensive line play in the off season has proven to be kind of a fruitless endeavor uh, except in like special cases, you know, perhaps with the Cowboys or or with teams that are exceptionally bad, like the Seahawks, uh, it's it's a position you can turn around pretty quickly if you make the right calls uh, from the general manager's office. So, yeah, I like Cook there. All right, Jeff, you are up at two point oh six. This goes along with your Le'Veon Bell pick from the first round. So you're going to start with Bell and who? I'm going to go against my rankings a little bit. Um, i actually surprising myself a little bit here. I have Julio Jones ahead of Tyreek Hill, but because we're in a startup, uh, I'm going to go with a guy who's a little bit younger, and I'm going to take Tyreek. I love conversations like this exactly for the reason you mentioned, because they do challenge your rankings. And, and it's easy to sit sit down and look at that rankings tool and, and move players around. And, yeah, of course you would have Hill, uh, have Hill below Jones. Every, everybody does. But when it, when it comes to time to make that pick, sometimes your evaluation changes and, and uh, then it's time to revisit those rankings. I probably need to do the same thing. With that being said, though, I think, uh, I, think I am going to end the slide for Julio. This is uh, the 2.07 pick. This is going along with my Mike Evans pick. So starting Evans and Julio, he's been a, a little bit disappointing. We know that this year he he only has two or three really big games of course the one uh, 200 plus yard game stands out but it, it's kind of like you know it's kind of like my argument for Amari Cooper yes he's he's been bad but the entire Raiders offense has been bad the entire Falcons offense it's not fair probably to say they've been bad but they've they've clearly all taken a step back from what we saw last year which I, I think most people especially for Matt Ryan viewed as an outlier I wouldn't be surprised if Sarkeesian is gone as the offensive coordinator after this year. Uh, that's clearly been their issue, and and it may cost him a playoff spot. So you know, Julio's far from done. I, I don't really value him as a first-rounder in, in a dynasty startup anymore, but at 2.07, I'm going to grab him. And Matt, 2.08, you took Todd Gurley in the first round. Who are you taking here? Yeah, I was about to grab Julio. I didn't think you'd do it. Um, so I'm taking a very similar situation. I'll take A.J. Green. That's the first receiver I've taken. Um, I thought that the the drop-off after Cook and Hunt at the running back position, not substantial, but there was one, that there's a little bit of a gap right now. I don't see a running back that's just clamoring to be taken at the moment. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jeff, 2.09, first round you took Antonio Brown. Who are you taking this time? I'm going to go right against my rankings for a second time. I have T.Y. Hilton one spot ahead of Amari Cooper, but I think it's time for Cooper here. Let's just hope that they can turn that situation around in in Oakland. I know that I know that those guys aren't as bad as they played this year. I mean, we've got two years of great evidence of what Cooper is and can be. Um, it's hard for me to just throw all of that away based on one season of awfulness when it was the entirety of that offense. Man, he's only twenty three. I'd give anything to be 23 again. He's only twenty three, and he's got three seasons in. He's got so many years ahead of him. 
just had a good game too. Like there's a good taste in your mouth to get with them again. Yeah. 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 This, this kind of feels like another, another teardrop here where we're at 2.09 we're 21 players in Cooper was my target at, at this next pick. I'm, yeah, it feels like a little bit of a gap between him and some of the others, and and some of our listeners may not include him in that. Maybe you see, maybe you see a strong top twenty. Um, I am gonna go. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear I took, you. I took Odell Beckham in the first round. I think I'm gonna take Rob Gronkowski. Um, still, still pretty firmly the uh, tight end one for me, even though Kelsey had another strong year. So pairing. Gronk and Odell Beckham feels like feels like kind of a a win now team in these first couple of rounds. Matt, yeah, two point eleven. You took David Johnson first. Yeah, I there's two guys I'm torn over. Give me Mixon with hope that that Bengals offense improves this year. Although Gio Bernard's been pretty good, and I'm not sure he's going away. Yeah, Bernard has been good, um, and and Mixon's had a couple different injuries. I've seen a lot of people point out that Mixon is going to be their buy low target. His value, I just, I don't think his value is going to fit into that buy low idea. I don't think people are panicking on him, whether they should be or not is, is another conversation, but um, his ADP has maintained kind of just inside that 30 range. So a, a little bit later than this, but not much later. I don't expect him to be cheap. I don't think people are giving him away for a late first round rookie pick or anything like that. All right, Jeff, uh, you've got two picks here, and this is going to complete your DeAndre Hopkins team. You had the 1-1. You're going to have the 2-12 and the 3-1 to finish out this this uh, three-person team. Who are you going with? Totally ecstatic to have T.Y. Hilton in this spot. This season has really – I don't know what it's done in terms of his ADP, um, but I feel like it's – it's you know, last year, everybody's – Last offseason, everybody kind of came around on Hilton finally after years of production. Everybody's like, yeah, Hilton's a top eight wide receiver. And now here we are again with him, you know, sliding into the third round in a lot of startups, I think. So uh, super happy to have Hilton there with the first pick. Second pick is a little bit tougher. It's actually a lot tougher. <laughs> I'm not really sure who who I really like here. But I think for like the 10th time, I really need to redo my rankings that I just redid last week. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to take McCaffrey over Gordon, who I have ranked one spot ahead of him. I think, yeah, Christian McCaffrey is just kind of a high floor sort of a guy with the way they're using him. I suspect he's only going to get better integrated into that offense as time goes on. Gordon, once again, had some struggles in terms of efficiency this year. I think there's a really good player inside of Melvin Gordon. It just, it just doesn't come out consistently enough for me. So, um, I'm going to go with uh, Hilton and McCaffrey for the two picks. Yeah, McCaffrey is, is who I was eyeing with my next pick, so I like that one, and I don't like it at the same time. Matt, back to you, 3.02. So this is your team with David Johnson, Joe Mixon. You started with a pair of running backs. We can start a max of four running backs in this in this exercise, so uh, we'll we'll see if you're going to be scared off or, or what happens here. No, I'm taking another one. I'll take Devontae Freeman. I still think he's a really, really good player and a good offense. Catches passes. Uh, there was another back I was eyeing, but I slightly went towards Freeman. Matt, how do you value Freeman versus McCaffrey? Um, McCaffrey was my 10 and Freeman was my 11. Mixon was nine. The three of them plus this guy that I hope to get with the 1-5 pick are all about the same. Gordon is not in that conversation for me. Yeah, Gordon Gordon would be lower than those guys for me as well. All right, I am on the clock. This is my team with Odell Beckham, Rob Gronkowski. I already mentioned that's a little bit of a win-now feel. Um, maybe that starts to change my roster and my choices a little bit. Oh, I think I, I, hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go with Stefan Diggs, and, and I that's that's another one that I kind of – already regret i'm not sure about that pick you're trading back yeah yeah i would i would be trading back <laughs> exactly exactly so that team is beckham gronk and Diggs, and it puts jeff on the clock this is his team with antonio brown amari cooper started with a couple wide receivers where's he going now and now i i think there's a chance that i'm going to break matt's heart here and this is a huge adjustment i need to make in my rankings because things have changed in the last couple of weeks uh, Tennessee Titans can cut DeMarco Murray with zero dead cap hit this offseason. 
Uh, he hasn't been good all season long. There's going to be a total regime change there, I suspect. And I think they're going to start off with the centerpiece of their offense being Derrick Henry. Uh, this is the kind of stuff I like to do in startup drafts. I like to kind of take some gambles, especially in these spots here where there's not clear-cut sorts of guys. Uh, Derrick Henry, to me, is a league-winning type gamble. I think that there's enough of a floor here to not make it a complete dart throw. But if he ends up the starter on that team next year, there's a real good chance that, that this sort of a pick can win can win a league. So uh, I'm going to take Henry probably earlier than I even would have guessed coming into this. I like the pick a lot. Um, I think Murray will be gone. I, I hope that coaching staff's gone, but I, I rarely say that about coaching staffs. That's not who I was going to pick, but I have no qualms with it at all. I think you said it really well. Higher floor than people realize, potential league winner. He might be 1-3 next year. <laughs> I mean, I think we could all envision that scenario. I'm thinking Geis. I think Geis is going to go in the first round of the NFL draft, and I don't care where he lands. I mean, first-round running backs end up being dynasty massive assets. Matt, you're you're throwing off my plans. That's who I was going to take uh, with this next pick, and and uh, I thought he would I thought he would sneak by. So uh, the three point oh six. This is my Evans Julio team. A little wide receiver heavy. Uh, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna go with Travis Kelsey here. Uh, I think this is about the the right spot for him. I actually almost took him with that uh, with that Gronk team and. Uh, assuming you can start two tight ends, flex one of them, uh, that I wouldn't hesitate to do that. But uh, he fell a little bit. I'll take Kelsey at 3.06. That puts Jeff on the clock at 3.07. Uh, Jeff, this is your Le'Veon Bell, Tyreek Hill team. I'd like to pass. <laughs> is that an option? Uh, this is super hard. There's not a running back I really want here. Um, the guy I had, like I said, I had guys ahead of 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 Henry there, but they're just not guys I want in the third round of a startup draft. You know, the Jordan Howards and the Mark Ingrams of the world, uh, fine players, but I just, I really don't want to take them in, in this spot. Um, I'm going to go to wide receiver. There's three players that I have ranked all right next to each other. I don't mind tipping my hand here. I have Jeffrey, Allen Robinson, and Sammy Watkins at 13, 14, 15. I'm still very bullish on Robinson and, and Watkins. I think I'm going to go with the what I feel like is the floor player here, especially considering I have Tyreek Hill, who's a little bit volatile, and I'm going to take Alshon Jeffrey, who's now locked in with my overall dynasty QB1 for the next, what, three or four years, whatever it is that he signed for. So uh, I'm a little higher than Jeffrey than pretty much everybody else on DLF, and I'm okay with that. I, I like that kind of that look inside your, your mind and your strategy there. Uh, mind of Miller, that would be a good – uh, that maybe would be a good, heck of an article series. We should we should bring that back if I could quit having real life that would let me write things again. But uh, <laughs> I do like that look inside your strategy as as how maybe your Tyreek Hill pick affected the Alshon pick. That's that's good stuff there. Probably higher than I would take Alshon, but can't argue with it too much. Uh, Matt, it's your uh, your pick at three point oh eight. This is your Zeke and I think uh, Dalvin Cook team. So again, two running backs. What are you going to do? Yeah, I'm taking another one, and this one's kind of a boring pick, but I'm taking Howard. I think that Trubisky should improve. Good line. Foundation of the offense is the running game. Good defense. And I they have to get better at the wide receiver position and therefore improve the offense as a whole and get more opportunities. Um, I think Howard's a real safe every week starter. Not real exciting, but I'll take him. He's, real, he's only a second year. I think this is the the range of the draft where safe is is really the key word to describe some of these players. There's certainly some players you could gamble on that that have that uh, that have that upside. I'm going with the safe pick as well. I'm going to take Jarvis Landry at uh, 3.09. Um, I mean, we all we all know this. I think he continues to be underrated. He continues clearly to to put up some big PPR numbers. Um, I'm not worried if he goes to another team it might even be a good thing Uh, so I'll take Landry to go along with the Michael Thomas and Kareem Hunt picks and that's that that might be my favorite team that's not saying much on here Uh, Jeff (laughs) 3.10 you guys have killed me in this one Uh, I'm definitely going with a wide receiver here and it's a question of which wide receiver that disappointed this season is going to be on a different team next season 
Um, for the umpteenth time, I have uh, A-Rob ahead of Sammy Watkins. Sammy's just the upside man. I don't know. I get tricked sometimes. I'm going to take Sammy Watkins here. And uh, I believe I have, what, three wide receivers on this team now? What the hell? Let's go for it. Yep. that's uh, You started that team with Adams. You took Keenan Allen and now Sammy Watkins. Three wide that receivers. Te- is- <laughs> that, that team is either going to win the league next year or finish last. There is no <laughs> There is no NBA, which is, by the way, is how I like to build all of my teams. I'm very, very, very much an all or nothing sort of an owner. Uh, this is that's a super typical Jeff sort of uh, a start to a draft. And finishing last isn't the worst thing in the world. No, I, I, yeah, I'm. I look at my HA four team. I for the for the second time in three years, I traded away all my picks and I just went all in and you know tried to turn that league worst team last year into the best team and ended up you know close, but. That's how I like to play. I hear it. All right, so Matt, this will be your last pick. It's 3.11. You took Kamara and Fournette with your first two picks. Again, two running backs. You you really have shifted this strategy. I told you I wanted all the running backs. I yeah. think I got them yeah. all. He's taken one wide receiver this entire draft across That's all of his correct. teams, by the yeah. way. Okay. And I'm about to take another. I was considering <laughs> Gordon, and we've talked about him a lot. But there's about five running backs there that I think are all the same. I don't think Gordon's a special player, and I think the Chargers realize they have to have a compliment to him. There's also a handful of receivers that are all about the same. But I took Baldwin, safe. Wilson's not going anywhere. Didn't have the best year, but I think he's a really good player. I think Baldwin, Jeff kind of alluded to this earlier with Hilton, I think Baldwin is in a similar spot in that if you're t- if you're looking at dynasty value, because it took dynasty players a, a couple of years of of good production from those players to really accept them as as top ten dynasty wide receivers, and then this year it's it's just come crashing down in Hilton's case due to injury with Luck and and some some really bad games. Baldwin, I, I think that offense has has run a little bit more, even though they're they have terrible running backs. Wilson's run the ball a little bit more than he has in the past. And they've also spread the ball out with Richardson and Lockett more than they have in the past, which has uh, all gone to hurt Baldwin just a little bit. And, and he's falling back down to where he was a year and a half ago or so. All right. This is my last pick and it's my team. I don't really love Barkley and cooks. I took those two at the corner of the first and second round. Um, I'm definitely going wide receiver here. A few, a few players I like. Um, I think I'm going to have to take my guy, Juju Smith-Schuster, youngest player in the league. He's, I think he's performed better than, than really anyone expected. Uh, we've seen Bryant struggle there, and, and we've seen uh, Juju really excel. I'm not worried about a potential quarterback change. I, I'm not ready to say a, a rookie like, like him is quarterback-proof, but – I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm undervaluing Roethlisberger, but I'm just not worried so much about him retiring, uh, if if that's the case. But uh, Juju at the end of the third to go along with my my young team feels like a pretty good pick. Uh, Can I, can I ask a question? I'm yeah, just, absolutely. If we went one more round, if there was a fourth round, does Josh Gordon get drafted? Well, I did. I did want to talk about some of the players who did not get drafted, and and Gordon was one of those. I was considering him. I thought maybe you guys would would scoop him up um, in our ADP, which, in his case at least, is is probably just a little bit behind that that ADP was collected at the beginning of December. Uh, his ADP is sixty six overall right now. I expected to jump probably twenty spots or so by the time we do this next month in in january and really in just a, a couple weeks here um so i wouldn't be surprised if he's in that fourth round maybe early fifth round range i i almost certainly would have taken him in the fourth the only wide receiver left on the board that i have ranked ahead of him is uh is alan robinson so I, he probably would have gone for me i was just kind of curious where you guys were on it yeah. i have Thielen, Corey davis and alan robinson ahead of him that are remaining all totally fair. Davis and Thielen are the two guys immediately after Gordon in my rankings. Okay. I still have a lot of faith in Davis. <clears throat> yeah, I do too. I'm, I'm with you. So, Jeff, you talked a little bit about kind of a dead spot there in the third round. You just didn't didn't love any of those picks. I felt the same way. Uh, Matt, there were, there were running backs left, so Matt was happy. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at some of the players that are still available, and, and we've just mentioned a couple of them, I think this is a good – 
these mock drafts, whether you want to do them on your own, there's, there's software out there that will help you run your own mock drafts, or if you want to participate in, in the ones we do at DLF, other sites run their mock drafts as well throughout the offseason. I, I really encourage you to do that because not only do you get a good feel for player value, which is important, but those dead spots, I think that's, that's so important to know before you start a, a real dynasty startup draft. Where, the, where are those places in a draft where you're going to get and, and hate every pick available. Every player, <laughs> every player feels like a reach, and there's going to be one or two of them, and, and the first one's probably coming somewhere in that top 50, in that top four rounds or so. So it, it's important to know, uh, but some of the players who uh, did not get drafted in, in our top 36, Melvin Gordon, a lot of us, we, we all mentioned him as a consideration, but he falls, Corey Davis, Allen Robinson, Thielen, we talked about all those guys. Uh, Zach Ertz, Des Bryant has been a hot topic, especially comparing uh, Juju and Des Bryant. I saw um, Carl Safchik doing that on Twitter. I don't think it's much of a debate, honestly. No, especially, it's not. Especially I think Des is done. Consider it's, their it's age. not close. It's not remotely close. I'm I'm not sure, Jeff, if, if we went through round four, I'm not sure Des comes off the board, honestly. He would not for me. He's no, my wide receiver. Listen, Des Bryant, I tweeted this yesterday over his last 37 games which is three seasons worth. I mean, 37 is a big sample, uh, 12 points per game. And so the argument for him versus Juju for me is either Dez and Dak would have to figure it out together and Juju would have to kind of be at a high watermark for his career. And if both of those things aren't true, then then Juju has to be above Dez. If Dez and Dak figure it out and Juju continues to progress, he still should be ahead of Dez. If Dez and Dak don't figure it out and Juju has hit a high water mark, he should still be ahead of Dez. You know, it's like there's just there's really no argument for it at this point. And that's not necessarily a knock on Dez and who he's banned or whatever. They just don't have it figured out there. And he's 29, man. I mean, it's like time's running out for him to figure that out. He's not that good anymore. He he's he's something like twelfth or thirteenth in the NFL in targets. And so yeah, it's but- not that people say, well, they're not throwing it to Dez. No, that's bull. They are throwing it to right. Dez a lot. He's just not doing anything. He's basically turned into a less efficient Jarvis Landry. That's a good call, yeah. And and now, of course, rumors that they could just part ways with Dez. Um, even if they don't, you have to assume he he's probably still the number one option next year, but they've, they've got to bring in more weapons. Uh, Terrence Williams and Cole Beasley and, and these guys just aren't getting it done. They've got to add a, another wide receiver. If they do, that's that's going to take even more targets away from Bryant. It, yeah, it's it's hard to see this uh, this going well for him. According to this exercise, he's kind of a fringe top fifty player in dynasty. Is, yeah. is basically what we're saying. Would a third tight end, presumably Ertz or Ingram, I guess, or a the, your favorite quarterback gone in the next round? I tend to think probably no for me, but close. No, I don't think so. Not for yeah. me. Yeah. I would agree. Um, Wentz, Jeff, you kind of alluded to him earlier. A lot of people have moved him up. Both of you have moved him up to the quarterback one overall in dynasty. I don't have any argument with that. Just again, that, that kind of that late round quarterback and the, the top tier, we talked about this with running backs, the top tier of quarterbacks has grown this year as well. Massively. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to have Wentz, but I'll take, uh, I'll take Watson. Or yeah. I'll take Wilson Watson around or later. Or I'll Newton take, or, yeah. Right, I'll take Cam a couple rounds later. Um, Last year, the top tier was two. It was it was Rogers and Luck, and now for me, it's six, all the way down to to Jared Goff at six, which is higher than I think a lot of people have him. And then the second tier has Luck, Prescott, Cousins, and Stafford for me, and those are all great consolation prizes too. You can win fantasy championships with any of those ten guys, plus other guys. You know, there, you still have the option of Tom Brady or Phillip Rivers, maybe less so Drew Brees now with the way that defense is played. Ben Roethlisberger is a guy you can start and win championships. So, yeah, it's quarterback is different than other positions. You can win titles without having one of those guys. There's yeah, no reason you, to take one in the fourth or fifth round. Would you consider Ertz or Ingram or one of those guys soon? Yeah, probably. I think it's, again, going back to what Ryan said about we hit these dead spots, uh, not just recognizing the dead spots, but recognizing how you want to handle the dead spots is a big thing. As I've said, the way I handle them usually is just swinging for the fences. 
Uh, I know that's not for everybody. And depending what I did with my first couple of picks, I might not necessarily do that. But uh, Evan Ingram and and Zach Ertz kind of represent both sides of that. Ertz is a safe guy. He's their number two sort of of the guy there in terms of target volume uh, with a great quarterback. So he represents that safe sort of an option. And then you have Evan Ingram who represents, you know, hopefully a healthy Jordan Reed in terms of future production. So I I could definitely see myself taking Ingram somewhere in that fourth round. Yeah, we have a problem with that. Going back to your uh, your question on Josh Gordon, looking at at these available players on on my draft list, I was using, it's hard to see him not going in the fourth round. Yeah, we'll we'll see how that plays out in ADP and in actual startup drafts, which will probably be starting up uh, just in in the next few weeks, which is crazy. But but here we are in the off season. This has been a fun exercise. I'm going to go change all of my rankings. Jeff, I think you're probably going to do that as yeah, well. Yeah, I had other plans today, but I think they just got changed at least for the next hour. That's so. what I've been doing during this whole podcast. I have my <laughs> rankings in front of me, and it's easy to sit here and say, put them on paper and put them on my spreadsheet. But then when you're on the clock, you really it's, – it's truth time. You know, kind rankings of like, are so fluid. It's, right. and they, you know, I and like if, if, we, if we did a startup draft again, who's not to say that, that I wouldn't take – Julio ahead of Tyreek, just kind of depending on the mood and, and the way the draft is going and who the hell knows. Uh, one last note before we go, I just want to mention, you know, I, obviously I went crazy with running backs, but there's still a couple that I would be taking this upcoming round. Gordon, Ajayi, Hyde, Ingram, Drake. I think they're all values right now. No argument. Yeah, it's it's really just crazy how the landscape has changed. And again, I I don't think it – this to me, this is this is my number one takeaway from this conversation. I'm not changing my strategy. I'm still building around running backs, uh, and I'm still valuing those tier one. I'm sorry, I'm still still building around wide receivers, but I'm valuing those tier one running backs the same way I always have. The difference is there's not three of them anymore. There's there's ten to twelve of them. Uh, Jeff, before we go, tell all of our listeners where they can find your work. I haven't done much during in season. Just things have been kind of crazy for me. Uh, IRL as the kids say, but um, I'm actually working on a couple of big projects right now. I'm deep into the research of two different things. So you'll see some stuff on uh, dynasty league football pretty soon coming up for me. And then uh, you can always find me being silly and arguing about politics and social issues and occasionally talking about fantasy football on Twitter at FF Jeff M. All right. Thanks a lot for joining us, Jeff. We'll be back next week with more dynasty blueprint.